Today on State Scoop's Priorities podcast from Scoop News Group, states and counties need to collaborate on data privacy. Especially local governments and counties, they, they have a lot of personal data. They usually help with a lot of local mental health authorities, county health departments. You saw that a lot with COVID. They play a huge role in providing services and the data they have. The new normal is something different than everyone has been saying it is. In response to a recent uptick in traffic attempting to connect to our network with IP addresses originating in Russia, we have permanently blocked these attempts. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world. And of course, the news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Virginia has a new chief data officer. Ken File now leads the state's data office. He says he's still having initial conversations with state agencies, but he has, quote, a million ideas to help the state make better decisions with data. The FBI says ransomware attacks are straining local government resources. Local governments accounted for the second most victimized group in ransomware attacks. The Bureau also says attackers' tactics will continue to evolve. State IT leaders are still looking to the Department of Homeland Security for guidance on the $1 billion cyber grant program tucked inside the infrastructure law, according to two C-level IT leaders. Both Illinois CIO Jennifer Ricker and Virginia CISO Michael Watson say they're not yet sure how it's going to work, but the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency is expected to release the guidance this summer. Utah's first government operations privacy officer is on a mission to find and develop data security and privacy specialists across the state. Christopher Bramwell, the first person to hold that job, says the state will use funding from the American Rescue Plan to look for people across state agencies and get them privacy certifications. Bramwell gives State Scoop's Benjamin Freed his advice on how other states can get started. So, so what we what we're doing in Utah, and uh, and I think this would be beneficial, honestly, for all states. Uh, that have been trying to figure out how do they get more privacy professionals in the state. Um, In Utah, I'm housed with our CISO, uh, Chief Information Security Officer. And in the last uh, ARPA funding round, uh, our our stimulus funding that was coming through, most state CISOs are being allocated funding from that. That is supposed to be used at the state level and to support local governments. And we are, are trying to be very strategic to support the state and local government levels with privacy and security. Uh, There is some overlap between privacy and security. And we found, especially for local governments uh, and the non-IT based state agencies, they they usually don't have certified privacy or security professionals. So we've actually been spending the last few months getting contracts in place to do uh, essentially using part of that funding to do statewide on-site education training that would cover uh, training for every agency to have certified professionals on staff uh, for both privacy and security certifications. And we'd cover the training materials and the certification costs. Uh, and, and that's in line with what we've been doing with HR of defining at the state level specific privacy and security positions and career tracks, all the way from analyst up to director and CISO CPO level. Um, So it's really just a a big part of that long-term career development strategy and setting the minimum baseline that that every agency, if you're of a certain size or complexity, would have a certified privacy and or security professional on staff. So how how many agencies at this point have them? How many still need them? So so in Utah, uh, I'm aware of only one certified uh, privacy professional uh, over, over an agency. 
um, out of essentially 36 distinct government entities, commissions, boards uh, at the state level. I'm aware of none at the local government level. Uh, and on the security side, uh, we have more certified security individuals, but even then it's usually the entry level certification. And I would say at the state of Utah, you're still maybe half a dozen. And when you're talking about how, how many security staff we have, um, so this will, will definitely be a, a huge marked improvement uh, to that initial metric of do we even have the correct people in place with the knowledge, skills, and abilities to have that more advanced conversation of how to better strategize and implement governance around this. Yeah, I mean, how long of a process is this to train people to, or even identify the people who would be suitable for, for this Role. We've been meeting with every single agency individually to discuss their programs and discuss uh, not just having somebody assigned to work within privacy uh, that's responsible for it at their agency, but, but having the discussion around proper allocation of resources and the governance, because privacy is just one part of that big governance uh, picture around data. Uh, so, so really, it's been a multi-month process, meeting with every agency, getting their buy-in, and letting them know this is kind of one of our base metrics. You know, a, a general privacy practice would also be, do you have somebody there to, to manage the, and implement privacy practices? So we've set this as the first base metric. So start to finish, uh, it's, it's like a four month process meeting with every agency individual. And it's actually taken about two months to get the contract set up uh, via resellers or NASPO NAS, NAS, NAS contract. Uh, but once we have that in place, um, you know, we'll actually hold the training. And uh, and the plan is uh, we'd probably do two sessions of security and privacy in the first year. Uh, I think we'll end up with 50 plus people certified uh, on the privacy and security side. And then next year, you know, we do a more advanced certification uh, and, and just support that as part of the career uh, uh, continuing education. Do the, do the people who wind up doing this, do they have to be in... in certain professions? Do they need to be attorneys? Do they need to be uh, data analysts? The discussion we've had is, is it's more about the aptitude mm -hmm. and, and the ability to, you know, if we give them the knowledge, the ability to implement. Uh, every agency is going to be different with their complexity and the depth and breadth of, of you know, their programs. Um, a lot of the people that get into privacy and security now, it, it starts off as other duties as assigned. And then it just builds from there. And eventually, you know, some people just end up, you know, they're a privacy or security manager or director. Um, so for some people, this is more just formalizing, giving them more formal training for something that they've already been doing. For other people that are other duties as assigned, um, they may not be full time in this, but this is going to give them that base to, you know, help support those other duties as assigned they've been given. Yeah, I know we're still basically just talk, talking to the state, at the state level. I mean, what you know? What's it going to be like when you you know, try to you know help help out the local level? Yeah, we we've actually uh, we've met with some of the counties in larger cities, and and they're very excited about it. Um, the plan here is we specifically we, we would invite the larger counties and cities to participate, um, and especially local governments and counties. They they have a lot of personal data. They usually help with a lot of local mental health authorities, uh, county health departments. You saw that a lot with COVID. They play a huge role in providing services and the data they have. Um, some of them are HIPAA, HIPAA entities themselves, you know, so they do have privacy requirements. Um, so, so we're saying at a minimum, we'd like to have the larger cities and counties have somebody that's certified. 
And, and we're still working through how do we better support the local cities and counties to, you know, make sure they have the appropriate level of expertise while being mindful that there's a certain point at which you're a small enough agency or, or government entity that, that it's hard to even allocate that much time for one person to focus on privacy or security. It does seem like there's a, a broader effort going on. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a, I would say, a multi-pronged approach, and it's being pushed by lots of different organizations and representatives in, uh, in government and elected officials. Uh, in general, it, it's put, it, there's a big push toward just, just more defined privacy law and statutes. Um, and right now, I think people are still trying to figure out well, what does this mean? Um, you saw that consumer privacy bill that was passed this last session. And uh, there, there's a lot of opinions uh, about that of, you know, some say it, it wasn't strong enough and it had, you know, too many, too many opt-out, opt-outs or cutouts for a business. Um, others say, you know, it, it went too far. You know, there, there's an impact with legislation, but the general direction for both government entity uh, entities and for for private businesses is is there's more uh, privacy legislation coming out and additional requirements protections that are being defined and I think that's the continued path that that's going to continue moving forward um, on my side specifically with government entities there's a lot more set up and that we have a personal privacy oversight commission we have my position the state auditor has a position and, and we are specifically working toward identifying gaps in code uh, that where we're essentially we're missing. We don't have code that aligns with best practices. So we're trying to make recommendations for legislation. Uh, and that's one of our, our legislatively required duties is to make uh, recommendations for legislation for privacy practice code. Uh, so that's one thing we'll be doing for government entities is essentially aligning it with privacy best practices and getting it codified what all government entities should do. On the consumer side, there's, there's not a similar setup currently of, of a single group authorized to do that. Christopher Bramwell, Government Operations Privacy Officer of Utah. You can read more about state government privacy efforts in today's show notes and at statescoop.com. I'm Jake Williams, host of State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Next week on the show, San Jose Chief Innovation Officer Clay Garner joins us. You can subscribe to the podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. New York State and New York City are opening a joint cybersecurity center in Brooklyn to help state and local agencies collaborate on cyber. New York State CIO Tony Riddick leads the state's Information Technology Services Agency, which will be a key part in that effort. Tony talks about why now for enhancing his state's cyber posture. Enhancing our cybersecurity posture is more important today than it's ever been. And I'm proud to join this outstanding team in seeking shared solutions to the challenges we face. I am pleased to say that my boss, Governor Kathy Hochul, has made cybersecurity and resilience a top priority. And for anyone working around the clock in the trenches here in New York, that means everything. ITS is an integrated IT service delivery organization that provides strategic direction and IT services for 53 state agencies. It has more than 3,000 professionals who oversee more than 100,000 employee workstations, 100,000 phones, 10,000 servers, and 25 petabytes of storage. Our infrastructure is spread over 1,400 miles of fiber optic cable. As you can imagine, this makes New York State a broad target for cyber bad actors. Our agency is charged by law with protecting the state's systems. We are seeing more threats today than ever before. 
these attacks come with increased speed and sophistication. We are seeing phishing, credential harvesting, malware, ransomware, web application attacks, hardware and software vulnerability exploits, and so much more. We start by taking every threat seriously and communicating in real time with all those who need to know or need to share. In response to a recent uptick in traffic attempting to connect to our network with IP addresses originating in Russia, we have permanently blocked these attempts. This is our new normal. Our endpoint detection tools provide an extra layer of protection against intrusion, and we expect to extend these protections to our partners at the local level this year. While our CISO retired in December and we continue to seek a permanent replacement, ITS has a top-notch security professional and other professionals who monitor the state's network and global threat landscape all day, every day. Despite that, cyber criminals are working overtime in an effort to steal passwords, login credentials, and even information about our state employees to use in future attacks. To fight this new cyber war, it will take more resources, more people, and better intelligence sharing at all levels of government. That's why we should all be pleased that the federal infrastructure bill includes important resources that will allow state and local governments to make significant investments in cybersecurity, including modernization of hardware and software and a new local cyber grant program. It's a great start and an acknowledgement of the challenge we face. Meanwhile, in New York, Governor Hochul's proposed budget delivers cyber-related investments. It funds year one of a comprehensive plan that will allow our state to establish a strong zero-trust framework. Some say zero-trust is the flavor of the month, but it means there are checks on every device, every transaction, and every request for access across our network. Ultimately, this will better protect the state's data from intrusion and attack. We will use a portion of these new state resources to enhance our red team, a group that tests security across executive agencies and is critical to the state's readiness to respond to real threats. The governor's budget also recommends new resources to provide local governments with expert strategic assistance and security solutions so they can better protect their own assets. For years, we have done this informally on an as-needed basis, but formalizing this partnership is part of the state's new all-in approach on cybersecurity. Recently, we joined New York City officials to announce the creation of a Joint Security Operations Center, better known as JSOC, in Brooklyn, the first of its kind in the country. This will allow the state to better share threat intelligence information with county, city, state, and federal partners, filter out the noise, and respond to real threats in real time. Our team is working with our counterparts in city government on an aggressive timetable, which includes accelerating our hiring process so JSOC is fully operational as soon as possible. New cyber threats will require us to find new and innovative solutions to protect our network and the state's critical data. We know cybersecurity is a shared responsibility that works best when all of our employees are aware and engaged. So we recently changed the frequency of our cyber awareness messages from once every two to three months to once every week. 
They have responded by flagging more potential attacks. The challenge is now working towards modernization and a strengthened cyber posture will still supporting systems, but we are leaning and assisting our client agencies in planning for future state. We expect to continue to see stronger passwords and multi-factor authentication and security as a top consideration whenever we build or innovate. Cybersecurity is a defining technology issue of our time. That's New York CIO Tony Riddick speaking at StateScoop and EdScoop Cybersecurity Modernization Summit. You can find Riddick's full keynote on demand in today's show notes and at statescoop.com. This show is a product of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. The entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.